celebrating 25 years of Jaguars football. Taylor, 39 yards. It's 30 to nothing. He just made eight people miss, Brian. It is Wednesday, November 27th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by the Fields Auto Group. And now, a guy who believes the five basic food groups are meat, gravy, pie, bourbon, and meat, J.P. Shedrick. And that's not even on Thanksgiving. That's every other day. Welcome in, uh, Jaguars. Happy, happy, happy hour, J.P. Shedrick. Pie could have been twice, too, by the way. That's John Osier. Pie could have been in there twice, too, by the way. It, who says it wasn't? Right. Pie. <laughs> We've got quite a program for you today. Here's what's coming up. Tom Coughlin speaks. That's the biggest news of the day around here. He hasn't spoken since the NFL draft on the record. We'll hear what Coach Coughlin had to say about this season and what lies ahead. There are five games remaining. We heard that a time or two. Not to ruin the sound bites coming up. Uh, Bucks-Jags preview. That is the first of the five games ahead. That's this Sunday at TIAA Bank Field. We'll uh, here from Todd Wash, Jaguars defensive coordinator, Nick Foles, the quarterback. Jimmy Luck will be in studio for the uniform unveiling. What will the Jaguars wear after Thanksgiving? And will they still fit after all the food is taken down tomorrow? Chris Conley, wide receiver, scheduled to join us with a mystery guest from the locker room. <laughs> There's no telling who he's going to bring with him today. That should be fun. And uh, yes, I mean will. fun. Yes, fun. It's going to be, be it always is. Chris does a great job for us each Wednesday. <laughs> uh, let's hear from Tom Coughlin today. The executive vice president of football operations hasn't talked for a long time. He hasn't talked during this season. In fact, Doug Marone has been the one uh, leading the charge in front of the media each week, uh, at least a couple of times a week, if not more than that. So why now for Tom Coughlin? You know my philosophy, the head coach is the voice of the program, okay? I feel at this point in time that I'm needed to speak. Doug has come before you with his message literally every day since the start of the season. If I can help reinforce that message, then that's why I'm here. We're all in this together. We're all battling. We all want to win. You all want to win. I know that. You don't want to write about a team that's not winning. It's not any fun. And we're all in this thing together. That's one bite. He was also asked a good bit about his relationship with uh, Doug Marone. Did not go delve too far down that road, but was asked about the job that Doug Marone has done this season. As I keep saying, we have five games to go, and then there will be certainly will be evaluation of every one of us, of everybody. So that was a simple answer for uh, Tom Coughlin there. And then was uh, appealing to fans to come down to TIAA Bank Field. Three home games left of the five remaining in 2019. Here's what he had for the fans today. We need you very badly. You know, in my opinion, we've been on the road for three straight weeks and it hasn't been pretty. We need to get home. We need to get our, our whole thing going in our stadium and our support from everyone. It's not a time to duck your head, stick your head in the sand. It's a, it, we all know what the circumstances are, but these are young men. They, they know when they're being supported and, and when some extension of love is being sent their way, and they will respond. So we all need to do this. This Tom Coughlin today. Where do you begin on this day, John? Well, it's uh, when something like this happens, everybody wants to pick it apart and have reasons and motives for it. 
I think it's clear that you know you're coming home after a and coming back to Everbank Field or T.I. Bank Field after a very tough three game road trip. So you sort of reset it. You remind people in in a somewhat different tone, same message, different tone that there's five games to go and that they're not evaluating anything. They were asked about uh, Tom was asked about Ngakwe and he was asked about uh, mm-hmm. many things. How you evaluate this? He was asked about his own future, and again and again he said five games remain. And uh, you know that I think was his message of hey. The season isn't over yet. There's still a, a, a task at hand. And it, there is a temptation when you're four and seven. We do it, JP, on this show. The media does it. The fans do it. There was a tone this week of everybody wondering what's going to happen after the season, future, you know, all no this. No doubt. And it's fair for all of us whose job it is to be the noise, which that's what we do. We talk about what's going on. Well, we respond to fans, so we talk about what they're curious about. So I think, Tom, in in the big picture was resetting of saying, hey, there's three games to go, or there's five games to go, there's three at home. We still want everybody's support. We still want this to where the folks would be. He knows that that's not going to stop the noise, and He's smart enough to know there's going to be people who don't like the message, who don't, whatever. His job is is to set the tone in this situation as he sees fit, uh, or help Doug as he said set the tone. So that's what they did. I I don't expect it to have a major impact on who comes to the game. I don't expect it to have, but he was trying to set the tone for a few things, and perhaps he did. There were a few items though that he did not delve on too much when asked about. One of those was Doug Marone's comments about mm-hmm. being criticized within the organization. That was earlier this week. He said that stays between him and Doug and left it at that. He was also asked about Jalen Ramsey. What could have he done what could he have done differently to repair that relationship? Uh, and he said, well he's not going to talk about Jalen. He's a member of another team. And then Yannick Ngakwe's possible contract extension he said there's five games to go, right. and, and here's exactly what he said, in fact, about Yannick Ngakwe. We have five games to play, and everyone has a lot to prove. So that was as simple of an answer as he had on some – those those topics were, were kind of out there still and, and had not been touched by that level of executive right. here. And, you know, again, when Tom speaks, it's a – it's a touchstone moment that everybody who covers the team and everybody talks about it on Twitter will refer back to. And that's what this sort of thing has become in the day and age of this level of media coverage, meaning uh, Twitter and, and responding to things as they're said, as they're, as they're live streamed. Um, so there's been some talk I've seen about, well, he didn't come out and say that they wanted to re-sign Unique. Well, Shad's already sort of said that. And... Uh, I think it's a given that, that they want to sign Unique. They want to sign him at the right price like they talked about. So I, I wouldn't read a whole lot into Tom not saying, yes, we want Unique and Gakwe back. Because my guess is if you had gone down the list and asked about any player specifically, that was going to be the approach. He wasn't going to get into any. Because he said later, JP, I, I think you were down there. Mm-hmm. It's all kind of a blur to yes, me, JP. He said later, this is not, I'm not going to get into that. And, or 
I think he said, this isn't the time for that. Mm-hmm. And this wouldn't be the forum for that. He's not going to address that sort of thing in the media. So it's more, that was my takeaway from it. Not that Tom didn't care about Unique, not that he wasn't interested in signing Unique. It wasn't a message to Unique. It was, look, he's not going to talk about anything like that in that forum. He's going to stand at a no podium what you and, and, and do that. Right. So don't necessarily think that, hey, the team doesn't like Unique Ngakwe because Tom Coughlin wouldn't come out and say, we have to sign this guy. They're not going to give away that sort of negotiation in that environment anyway. So minimize your panic over that statement. Panic. It is it is noteworthy though that it happened with five games to go, and he rarely, if ever, sure. I don't think he's spoken during a season since he's been back here. Uh, not to my recollection. Seventeen, and, eighteen, and now nineteen would be the first time. Right. So during the actual uh, games, yeah, and it's uh, it's tough time. I mean, you've and again, there was some a lot made among my media brethren, uh, and. They know who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he didn't give him a vote of confidence. He didn't. He didn't support Doug. He didn't. Again, I just don't think that Tom came in there with the idea of supporting, not supporting. That it was more at the very beginning. If if you listen to the speech, mm-hmm. there was a little bit of a call to action. Hey, we need support. We're not done yet. That was the message he wanted to get across. And. You know, if you've been around Tom, and I, I, I covered Tom in the 90s, so you spend days sort of just listening to him and interpreting the, the way he operates. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, rightly or wrongly, not going to be forced in a situation like that to get off of the point that he wants to make. And I think he came in there saying, look, I want to talk to the fans, tell them we don't believe the season's over with, we still need you. Um, and beyond that, I wouldn't read a tremendous amount into anything he was saying. That was what he wanted to do. Uh, whether he accomplished or not is, is probably up to the, to the individual fan who decides whether they want to hear the message. But uh, that's the only thing that I would say there was a real motivation behind. Mm-hmm. Again, I, and I, I only say that, JP, because people will read into this moment as, what was he saying about Doug? You know, mm-hmm. what's the tea leaves say about this, or what's the tea? Leave? I'm not sure there was any tea leave to be read in that. Beyond, we want the fans here. Let's move on to football, shall we? Why not? Uh, whatever. At this point, right? <laughs> uh, so the Jags are four and seven. Of course, they've dropped the last three games, all division games, on the road. A lot of that has to do with the run defense, though. 699 rushing yards allowed over the last three games. That won't get it done. A lot of those plays are explosive plays, according to Todd Wash. We had 10 last week. We had four runs and six passes last week. You know, and, and the same thing is, you know, we were in position to make a couple plays. We didn't make a couple plays. Um, the one third down, I think I put them in a bad call. Um, you know, they surprised us with a personnel grouping. And uh, so, it, you know, it's a combination, obviously, that we got to make plays and I got to put them in better position. All right, a couple of things this week. Obviously, the opposition can throw it around the yard a little bit. Jameis Winston, 22 touchdowns, a league high 20 interceptions, but uh, near the top of the league in passing yardage and attempts and completions and all that. And two 1,000 yard receivers, that rarely happens in the league, Godwin and Evans. So, a different kind of feel this week. 
but it's a, a Jaguars defense that's beat up a little bit. A lot of guys on the injury report that would be frontline guys for this team that are kind of question marks going to the Thanksgiving table tomorrow. So that equation is not a good one, at least on paper. I know what to tell you, JP. It's tough. I mean, on defense right now, this is a tough situation. And, and I'm not trying to be overly snide or, or, or sarcastic it about is it. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's. Uh, I don't know that they have an available solution to getting the run defense fixed because I don't know that without Marcel Darius on the, Darius on the inside that there is enough um, energy, weight, talent on the interior of the defense to, to slow down what's going on. I'm also not sure that the ends – as, as, as much as we all respect what Clay's Campbell's all about and what Unique Ngakwe is in terms of rushing the passer, I don't know if those two guys right now are playing at a high level against the run. So I don't know where you stop that. I don't know what the solution there is. Mm-hmm. And obviously, whatever they're trying to do in terms of getting gaps stopped, uh, teams are of the correct belief right now that if they run enough of this defense, somebody's going to jump out of a gap and they're going to be able to gouge it. And it's happened, happened with Taven Bryan last week on the 74-yard run. Until they prove they stopped that, I can't believe they're going to stop that, right? I mean, is that – You would think. It, so, but you would think that this Tampa offense with Arians running the right. show there, they want to throw it around. That's what they've done all year. But do they switch that up this week? Oh, I think they'll switch it up. And uh, now the really good news, JP, I don't know that we know right now what the Jaguars' secondary is. That's and, right. And, you know, I think A.J. Boye is, is – is playing a a very good brand of cornerback uh, for the situation, meaning he's been thrown over. Okay, now you're going to be a one. Uh, so I think he did a good job on the, on the times he's been asked to be that guy. Mm-hmm. But now you've got two receivers coming in who are both capable, and you're down Ronnie Harrison, it mm-hmm. looks like, with a concussion. You're already, you're already down to Trey Herndon uh, and not Jalen Ramsey. So it's uh, – we don't know for the last month, really, if the secondary is playing well or not because they haven't been tested because they haven't had to be tested. Well, they're going to get tested on Sunday. And the hope, you would think, is this is still a decent pass rushing team. It's still a team that can pressure you into mistakes. And Jameis Winston is a guy who has made mistakes. Yes, yes. So... Somewhere in that form, I can't tell you what the percentages are that's going to play out, but there's a formula in there for this team to get some turnovers and to get up. Uh, and if you get up, you never know what's going to happen. So I think that's the hope is that maybe the Bucks' weakness and it their passing game sort of weakness and a strength. It, it's a weird passing game, meaning Jameis throws for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, and a lot of interceptions. Maybe this is a Sunday where that's a weakness and the Jaguars can take advantage of it with the strength that they have left defensively, which is pressure in the quarterback. Um, that's my strand that I'm holding on to for life. That's you know what I mean? the so defensive that, side. Yeah. But if they can uh, get a few extra possessions for the offense, right. then it's up to the offense to figure out how to find some consistency and get down the field and get in the end zone, especially early in the game. We heard from the quarterback this week, Nick Foles. Everybody wants to point fingers, but when you point fingers, three fingers come back toward you. Just because you're losing and just because you're struggling doesn't mean you have a bad culture. A culture is built, great teams are built in times like this. If you handle it the appropriate way, and that's sticking together and continue to move forward and not pointing fingers. But that's very hard to do 
in anything we do in any organization in any sport because everyone always wants to point fingers and deflect blame but we all have ownership in who we are right now we all have ownership in the identity of the team at this moment but we also have the opportunity as people to change who we are and that doesn't happen overnight. It happens a little bit at a time. And the little bit of the time left is the five games mm -hmm. this season to try to get things right. He's taking the positive approach. That's Nick Foles, and, and that's who he is. And that's what's left for this team is to try to figure things out. Now, we didn't hear much today from John D. Filippo, offensive coordinator. He didn't have a lot to say today, uh, a short uh, press conference mm -hmm. for him today. But they've got to figure this thing out. And they had some momentum early last week. They had the 10-play drive to start the game. The holding call stalled that. They had another drive going. Another holding call stalled that. So they had some some uh, mix, some success early. They just couldn't find any pay dirt last week. Well, I'll go to a place that Nick went to uh, yesterday in the press conference. And I'll preface it by saying I understand that a lot of fans are tired of hearing this because they're tired of Nick's message, which is that – you know, they're in the beginning of a process and that they're trying to find their way. Uh, so that's not an ideal situation in week 13. Nobody wants to hear that. In terms of hope for this Sunday, which is what our topic is, Nick did say at the end of his uh, discussion yesterday, they felt like they found some things offensively. They kept playing, they kept going at it, and Late, it was, what, 7-3 to three at half, and they got 17 points after that point. They were mop-up points. So people don't notice it. Uh, Nick seemed to have the belief that maybe that was the start of something. So the, the 17 points and, and, and get some things going. Let's hope it was. And that does happen sometimes. You find something in a game, and you, and you kind of keep it going. Nobody notices it, but over the course of time, then you look back on it and say, hey, that thing nobody noticed, that's it where it started. It started then. Again, I, I, uh, at 0-3 at, at in the last three games of 20-point losses, it's hard for us to sit here and realistically sell the fan that things are going well. So you're looking for spots you can hang on to. On defense, maybe getting a couple of turnovers. On offense, perhaps it's what Nick's talking about. Maybe they found something. Maybe they found something in the running game. Uh, and, and then maybe there's some chemistry development with receivers. Maybe they can hold on to that because they are deficient in some areas. They're deficient mm -hmm. at tight end right now. They're deficient in the run game. Yes. So you've got to hope that the strengths they're finding work and add up to be able to compete against this team on Sunday. All right, let's come back. We'll pick some players to watch this week, and a little later we'll get the uniform unveiling. Jimmy Locke, head equipment manager, scheduled to join us. Wide receiver Chris Conley in studio with a special – secret locker room guest. We have no idea who it's going to be. It could be anybody. That's we'll find out. That's why I see. It is. That's why nobody knows. Even us. We're back in a moment. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Workers' compensation and auto injury claims can be a hassle. Getting your prescriptions shouldn't be. 
At Smart Workers Pharmacy, they provide free home delivery of prescriptions with no upfront cost or hassle for the patient. They work with insurance companies and attorneys to handle the paperwork so you can focus on what's most important, getting better. If you're injured on the job or in an auto accident, ask your prescriber to send your prescriptions to Smart Workers Pharmacy. Visit smartworkerspharmacy.com to learn more. The official pharmacy of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. You've reached the Rookie Support Hotline. This is Peyton Manning. Your commitment to keeping Sunday laundry-free is truly inspiring, and Tide is committed to your commitment. You're making the world a better place for our rookies one week at a time. They grow up so fast. Remember, there are plenty of other days of the week, and Tide is America's number one detergent for all of them. If it's laundry night, it's got to be Tide. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. J.P. Shadrick, John Osier. Glad you're along with us today as the Jags prepare to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff time. Salute to service game at TIAA Bank Field this Sunday. The first of five games left in 2017. Three of those here at the bank. Um, but there's a, a holiday in the way. Tomorrow. Thanksgiving. Yes. Pie. Are you a yeah? You're a pie guy. Are you a what's no, your? Uh, Joe told me you're a pie guy. I'm asking you, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? Um, T- today, please before probably, tomorrow. Well, we got Conley coming in like 20 <laughs> minutes. We got some time up, to kill here. Um, probably uh, well-made dressing. Yeah, you know if it's if it if it's poorly made, there's nothing worse. If it that's right. If it's dry, agree. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but a a a well made dressing, uh, I I can go to town on that all day. Well, not all day. And maybe you will yeah, tomorrow yeah, yeah. if you're yeah, lucky. Uh, let's get our players to watch. Yeah, I don't like JPA. I don't like beets. Beets? Who yeah, does? Beets are sometimes the Thanksgiving in there. Are right? they? Aren't they? No, I don't. I've never heard of that. You're like Leonard Fournette last night at, at Andrew Norwell's event. Uh, we asked each player up at the podium there. You know, what's your favorite Thanksgiving food? And you had a lot of mac and cheese, you had some turkey, you had some dressing, you had, you know, all the normal. Sure. Leonard Fournette says, bell peppers. Okay. Maybe well, he had I a mean, good experience at some point. Apparently he did, yeah. because I'd never heard of that on Thanksgiving. But I hadn't either. Beets, though. Or is it beets or this? You're thinking it, cranberry? There's something red. Cranberry red sauce. Is it cran? No, nah, no, nah, there's something. Yams? No, no, yams aren't red. Yams are orange. Sweet potatoes? I don't know. I hate sweet Same potatoes. thing. Sweet potatoes. My father would not allow asparagus in the house. <laughs> I felt there were issues. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I feel the same way about sweet potatoes. Okay. Let's move forward. I wonder how Chris Conley feels about it. We'll sweet find out in a little while. We'll also how, hear what Jimmy Luck has to say. I wonder how his secret guest feels about it. Yeah, I, we don't know who that's going to be, so we don't know yet. Uh, here are some players to watch. Um, John, you want to get us started uh, today on your players to watch? One of those uh, is a wide receiver. Well, uh, 
it's very vogue this week to talk about Leonard Fournette, and I, I've talked about Nick Foles on every show, so I didn't want to, I, I didn't pick Nick Foles. Uh, Shark and you know Chris, who I'm sure will acknowledge it when he comes in, both had plays last week that really could have changed the dynamic of the game early. And uh, DJ Shark has had a tremendous year, and it's it's probably unfair, but you almost feel like they need at least one big play out of him every week, or maybe two, to really have a chance to get going on offense. And the Bucks secondary is it is not a great secondary. They've been okay in the last couple of games, but they were very weak last year. They weren't. They've been great this year. He's a guy who you figure. They'd find some formula we talked about. They'd find some formula to win. Uh, and the easiest thing for me to visualize as, as I'm sitting there and writing on Sunday night after this game, I could see myself writing that DJ Chark had 135 yards receiving and two touchdowns. That's a conceivable thing for me to have. So maybe this is a game where he sort of does that and adds one more really good game to what's been a good game, so what's been a good season so far. Uh, eventually his next step is probably doing that sort of thing more consistently than he's done already. So in the last four or five games, maybe that's where he starts that. It would be nice for this offense, yeah. for sure. Uh, DJ Shark Jr., your offensive player to watch this week. Defensively, you're going up front with a youngin on the defensive line. Well, it's uh, – and I'm not putting this up here to take a shot at Taven. It's more – he missed a major gap on a, on a big play last week. Uh, cost him a touchdown. It's happened a couple times in the last few games. You feel like with Taven that he was he really struggled in the preseason, and you feel like he has made more impact. He's had some some flash plays people have noticed, so he's gotten better since the preseason. But in order for this team to be a really good, he can't be splash play guy without Marcel Darius there. Meaning he's got to be consistent. And now he's got to get to the point where he doesn't have those one or two mistakes a game that really hurt you. Uh, and I can't see them stopping the run consistently until he gets more consistent inside. I really picked Taven more to talk about the entire defensive line, which uh, needs somehow to be better against the run. And maybe it won't happen. Is it a lot to ask for it to happen this year? Maybe. But as long as they're giving up 200 yards a game, I think it's fair to ask each week, can they get better and make that stop? Because it's hard to win when you're doing that. All right. So you've got uh, DJ Chark Jr. and Taven yeah, Bryan. A couple of 2018 draft picks. Yes. Let's uh, take a look at mine. A.J. Boye, Jaguars cornerback. And, I, you know, he's kind of the guy who's been around, obviously, in that secondary. But this is more, as you said, about – the guys around mm -hmm. AJ this week because of the questions at safety, uh, the youth on the other side at corner. You got DJ Hayden who's been around, but how healthy really is he? You don't know. He's been banged up this year some. So for Boye to keep this group together somehow, I think would be uh, huge this week, especially against this matchup. 2,000 yard receivers, uh, a quarterback that throws around the yard a little bit. Two different types of receivers too. It's mm -hmm. not just, you know, Evans a huge monster down the field. Uh, and then Godwin's a little guy that can run. So they do it different ways. And who covers who is a big question. And A.J. Boye has been um, in pretty good spirits the last few weeks. We'll see if that 
can uh, can, can maintain down the stretch here if they play some some better defense. Uh, so for me, it's AJ Boye and the defensive backfield as a whole. And he's playing pretty good. He, I wouldn't say he's playing at, at an elite level, but he has had a couple of games where he's really done a good job in difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm. Meaning he's had to shadow, he's had to play a role that I don't think people expected him to play before the season, obviously. And uh, he's a pro. He's I, again, I don't think he's at a Pro Bowl level, but if everybody on the defense was playing as well as AJ. Uh, I think they'd be in good shape. So uh, credit to them. My uh, next one now: guard play is not what you would call sexy, right? It's not a sexy position. But I'm going with Andrew Norwell, and here's a couple of reasons why. Jaguars left guard. Uh, I think Pete Prisco the other night said that PFF has him ranked as the 18th best guard in football this year through 12 weeks. It's pretty good. There's 64 guards in the league, and there's been a lot of criticism of Norwell's play this year. Obviously, in the running game is where he thrives, I think, more so than in the passing game. That's why he was brought here, really, I think, to, to really bolster that run offense and, and, and be a guy up front b- between Linder and, and the left tackle. So um, can he finish on a strong note the last month, I think, is a big question mark, and uh, I don't have any doubts that he will. If they can get that running game consistently going again, I think that would help. So Andrew Norwell, I think, is a big piece of that here. Obviously, if you can give Foles time to, to have the balance and do all that, that's, that's another part of this game too. But Andrew Norwell up front. Yeah, he, he's playing better than a lot of fans and observers give him credit for. I wouldn't say that he has lived up to the all-pro contract, uh, whatever he was making. It's a free agent contract, right. right. You've got to pay money. Um, so he hasn't been that. But he, he had – multiple plays early in the season that looked really bad. Uh, and that when that happens, we talked about it before, JP, when that happens to an offensive lineman, nobody forgets it. Mm-hmm. When it happens to uh, somebody on defense or a running back, uh, it gets forgotten in three weeks and their good plays get remembered. For an offensive lineman, you'll remember the bad. So he probably falls into that category more than most observers and fans who are sort of convinced now that he's bad, want to believe. Uh, so I think he's been fine. I think he'll finish fine. Uh, as far as his future, it's hard to get a real grip on whether he'll return or not because of the money, because of a lot of things. But uh, he's not hurting the team. There's no reason to move him. You know, I get emails all the time still, hey, should they replace him with Wilbert? It's not that. He's fine for being the starter, uh, just not perhaps what they hoped he would be. All right, so my two to watch, A.J. Boye, the cornerback, and Andrew Norwell, the offensive guard. And for John D.J. Turk Jr. and defensive lineman Taven Bryan. Our players to watch for the Jags and the Bucks this week. We're back in a moment. I'm sorry, what? Got to watch them. There's players to watch. Got to watch them. You must watch them. You must watch those guys. (laughs) In a minute, we'll be watching Jimmy Luck. Jimmy Luck will join us in a moment. Head equipment manager, what will the Jaguars wear? We'll find out in mere moments on Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group and the Jaguars Digital Network. You can step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. 
When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters, Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Take home a delicious game day win with free delivery from Mellow Mushroom, powered by DoorDash. Their signature stone-baked pizzas, sandwiches, and mellow munchies are the perfect play to score big with your family and friends. Order online at order.mellowmushroom.com and don't forget to follow on Facebook where the Roar of the Jaguars will make a special delivery to one lucky fan during every away game. Place your order today and get the taste that's deliciously Duval. Pinpoint, the official signage partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, helps business decision makers like you maximize the impact of their brand. Your company's identification, advertising, and even the words you use make an impression on your clients. With Pinpoint as your coach, you can make sure it's a good impression. Pinpoint provides the creative design and production services for anything you need to enhance your brand, from custom signage to complete marketing solutions. Step up your game with Pinpoint and create the ultimate brand experience for your clients. Visit experiencepinpoint.com. You've reached the Rookie Support Hotline. This is Peyton Manning. Your commitment to keeping Sunday laundry-free is truly inspiring, and Tide is committed to your commitment. You're making the world a better place for our rookies one week at a time. They grow up so fast. Remember, there are plenty of other days of the week, and Tide is America's number one detergent for all of them. If it's laundry night, it's got to be tied. That music each week means it's time for head equipment manager Jimmy Luck to join us here on set. And it's no different this week on Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by the Fields Auto Group. Holiday or otherwise, here's Jimmy Luck. Hi. Yeah, what's happening? It's a Wednesday, but kind of a Thursday. Yeah, the schedule got moved around, right? So Tuesday's normally the off day. Uh, Doug Marone moved the schedule up two days to give everybody Thursday off, which is nice. Yeah, that is nice. Not a lot of coaches do that. No, it's rare. But uh, Doug's been good about that. He's pretty good with that um, that and Christmas, kind of moving the schedule around so we get that day off. Christmas a Wednesday this year? I don't even know. I hadn't looked. I mean, it's on the twenty fifth. I know that. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that's when it usually is. They almost always most, stick to most that. years. Um, but but that could be another week where they move things around in the schedule. Um, so I mean, here we are. It's five games to go. The, uh, that's the, what I hear. That's the rumor. Jags and the Bucks coming up uh, this Sunday, and it's been a long time for a, a game in this stadium, Jim. Yes, it has been a long time for a home game. Not as long as the Bucks. I think they played a little sketch where a uh, stretch where it was like. 45, 48 days, something like that. But, um, but yeah, it has been a while. It seems like we hadn't been here forever. And uh, last football game here, I guess, was Florida, Georgia. We were in London. A, yeah, yeah we right. were in London. Then there was a, uh, the soccer game was here a couple of days later. Well, that's right. And they put a new field down for yeah. that. Uh, Nick so, Fettel yeah, so we got a fresh field out there for us. That's great. So, uh, and then obviously uh, home games, you don't have to move all the trunks and everything no, around. Yes, we were talking about a little while ago. The, uh, it was nice not have to load a truck today. That's right. So it helps. So, it helps. so when and you just said that I think we haven't really talked about that on the show. On a road game, when do you guys load out a truck? Is it Wednesday? Um, it's usually Thursday. Okay, okay, Thursday, right? So yeah, so then, we'll yeah we'll load it now. They he may not leave right away. He may leave Friday morning, Friday afternoon, depending on the trip. But yeah, we normally load up, uh, have everything ready to go Thursday, and, and then put after it on the, truck. the game, obviously they head out right afterward. Mm-hmm. And it depends on where the game was, how soon they get back, right? I mean, obviously. Uh, yep. mm-hmm. so. Anything that we need right away, we'll throw on the plane. Okay. Mostly just dirty clothes and player bags. 
Gotcha. Um, because most everything is back usually Monday afternoon. So Tuesday what's morning. on the plane? Is that pads primarily? Like, uh, like the player bags, stuff? yeah. They're okay, uh, helmet, gotcha. shoulder pads, cleats, and then all the stinky, dirty laundry. I did not know that, Jake. How about that? Now you know. That's oh. why you ask the questions. No, that's why right. you ask the tough questions, right. John. That's what happens. Uh, this, is that, this is that time of year, though, too, Jimmy, where there's some churn at the roster and some guys are banged up and they're trying out guys and things happen. Yeah. How much of a stress the, is that on you guys? Uh, we had two guys show up yesterday right before practice. They uh, We worked them out, and then uh, we said, hey, we're going to sign two of these guys, and they need to be on the field here in about 10 minutes. So, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so we got them out there. Luckily, we didn't wear pads, so you didn't have to worry uh, about getting everything done. But, um, yeah, we got them fit and got them out there, got their jerseys and, and everything. So it was a little and bit of fire you're just grabbing gear off the shelf, right? It no, we still take the time to get the right stuff. <laughs> no, I mean, you're, but, yeah, it's, I assume it's a little bit of a scramble. It is, yeah, yes. I'm not saying they, you're yes. going out there with, I did, like, I did miss individuals. Yeah, I did miss individuals. <laughs> okay, so. gotcha. Sorry, sorry, Joe Dana and uh, Coach Walton. Yeah. Um, but T Wolf picked my slap slack up. Way to so. go, way to go, T Wolf. Um, let's get to the uniform unveiling. All the right. Jaguars are back home. So Jimmy Luck, what will the Jaguars wear Sunday against the Buccaneers? So we're going to go with the uh, with the white pants. Okay, white pants at home. And the black jerseys. Black jerseys. Okay. Right. Little J Dub there. Give him a little, little love. Okay. Jared Wilson. But yeah, black safety. jerseys, white pants. Cool. Ready to roll. Dig it. And uh, uh, once again, it, you can't wear the teal anymore, right? Teal's done. No, the teal, the, uh, we are done with the teal uh, teal jerseys for this year. Okay. So. And, and so it's only, you can only wear those a certain number of times, right? You can, yeah, there's, you can wear it three times. Okay. Uh, preseason doesn't count. So we actually wore teal five times. Okay. And then a uh, little spoiler alert, I guess we'll wear five, the black jerseys five times. Oh. So. Oh, you just, I mean, okay. Yeah, a little well, bit, but you don't know when we, we can just oh, forget Jimmy, the segment Jimmy, the Jimmy, rest Jimmy. of the year. That's fine, Jimmy. That's cool. All right, Jimmy. We'll, we'll see you in two. All right, I'm taking the rest of the year <laughs> off. <laughs> awesome. Uh, good stuff. Hey, uh, favorite Thanksgiving food? Um, dressing. Not stuffing. Dressing. Yeah. Okay. One bond. Yeah. My dad right. makes pretty good dressing. Enjoy tomorrow. All right. Appreciate it. We'll you see too. you on Friday. Jimmy right. Luck, head equipment manager with us. Black jerseys, white pants for the Jaguars. On Sunday at TIAA Bank Field, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to town. Back in a moment, Chris Conley, Jaguars wide receiver, and a mystery guest. We have no idea who it's going to be. We'll find out in just a few minutes. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group and the Jaguars Digital Network. Step up to luxury now. Hello, I'm Dan Fields. Whatever you're driving, you can step up to luxury now. Plus, get our Fields amenities, which include complimentary loaners, car washes, and our cafes. Make this your year to step up to luxury at Fields Cadillac, Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Land Rover, Jaguar, and Lexus. When it comes to the ultimate car buying experience, there's only one name that matters. Fields. And Fields matters because you matter. The Fields Auto Group, proud partners of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Workers' compensation and auto injury claims can be a hassle. Getting your prescriptions shouldn't be. At Smart Workers Pharmacy, they provide free home delivery of prescriptions with no upfront cost or hassle for the patient. They work with insurance companies and attorneys to handle the paperwork so you can focus on what's most important, getting better. 
If you're injured on the job or in an auto accident, ask your prescriber to send your prescriptions to Smart Workers Pharmacy. Visit smartworkerspharmacy.com to learn more. The official pharmacy of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. You've reached the Rookie Support Hotline. This is Peyton Manning. Your commitment to keeping Sunday laundry-free is truly inspiring, and Tide is committed to your commitment. You're making the world a better place for our rookies one week at a time. They grow up so fast. Remember, there are plenty of other days of the week, and Tide is America's number one detergent for all of them. If it's laundry night, it's got to be Tide. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group. And fresh out of meetings, our co-host every week, it's wide receiver Chris Conley. Hi, Chris. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Doing well. Good to be here today. A lot to be thankful for this week. Uh, A lot of work going in this week and a lot of things being worked through. But I'm glad to be joined here by the man, the myth, the legend. Ooh-wee! Calais Campbell, baby. Ooh-wee! Wee. John? I no, question for Clay wee. Come on, we're all wee. doing wee. But wee. Wee. <laughs> How many impressions of yourself over the years have you heard from teammates? Oh, and how good is mine? Who has done the best one Who has done the best one ever? That's a tough one. Oh, man, there's been some great ones over the years. And I get probably at least, I mean, you get about day. 10 guys – Pretty Mine's much a day. <laughs> Mine's got to be top five. You're definitely top five. You're definitely top, top five. five. I can't think. I got to see who I think will be the actual best. It just doesn't jump out at me. But there was definitely one I can't. I can't just. I just. Uh, I know it was like, wow. Like, <laughs> hold on, man. Let me try to personate me on the street somewhere. Man. Did Fitzgerald have one? Uh, Fitzgerald Fitz teased me a little bit. Okay. <laughs> His one very good. One very good. <laughs> we had one time in a huddle where everybody huddled up, and I just started talking in my Calais voice. And some people thought he was actually talking. That's pretty good. Hey, you are really pretty good. You probably so top people three. Start, thought he was actually talking. <laughs> Everybody's looking around. So like, yeah, they were like, "Wait a minute, what? <laughs> what are we yeah. doing?" Proud of that. Uh, let's. I know you got to get out of here a little early, so we'll uh, we'll question Calais first. How about that? Um, defensively, I think we talked in the locker room this week about this. Five games to go. The last three have not gone well for this defense overall, but there's still juice in this unit, right? I mean, how do you oh, guys? A doubt. How do you guys rally the rest of the way here? I mean, the biggest thing is just staying locked in, stay set a course. You know, I mean, obviously things always go according to plan. You know, you're going to have some misfortune and bad times, you know, but, you know, your true character is tested and you find out who you really are in, in hard times. So, you know, uh, we're flying around in practice. You know, guys are definitely still locked in, engaged, you know, playing with a lot of energy. And, uh, you know, I, I'm actually, you know, excited where we're going. You know, I mean, obviously, you know, it hasn't been up to our standard the last couple of weeks, but you can't do nothing about that now. You have to put it behind you and then go out and play good ball. And so this week we're going out here and play the way we're supposed to. I feel like it would give us momentum to finish the season strong and put ourselves in a good position. Yep. And you say you're excited. Uh, why? Because well, uh, from the outside point of view, people would be saying, what's he talking about? Well, and I'm, I'm just excited to see how guys respond, just okay. to see, you know, guys – you know, 
be show their resilience, you know, because obviously, you know, uh, I mean, it's easy to just quit, you know, lay down, you know, that's the easy thing to do, right. you know, to give up, like, oh, you know, we're not playing good, you know, we suck, whatever. But no, nah, that's not how it works, you know, you got to fight your way out of tough times. And, uh, you know, I, I like where we're at in the mindset that I see in the locker room where guys are ready to fight, you know. I mean, win, lose, or draw, you know, just go out there and give it your all, you know, play as hard as you can, try to do it the best way you can, and let our talent show. And we usually do this later, JP. Yeah. Which, should we let them sort of – I want to hear what Chris Conley – I've asked Clay a million questions, a lot of which he didn't want to hear over Correct. the years. Correct, yes, <laughs> me too. What does Chris Conley want to ask Clay Campbell? Uh, just probably just like a, a super – like an important football question that, you know, Calais just has a lot of years in this league, and so he knows the game very well, and so I just have a, a very serious football question. At what age did your voice start sounding like that? <laughs> Very serious, you know. Yeah, um, I definitely Cause, earned because you cannot tell me that you were at ten years old going, "Hey, mama, can I get some cereal? <laughs> 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 I want to go outside and play with my friends." Oh <laughs> uh, nah, you know what? Uh, this right here is from you know, it's from just screaming and yelling on the football field. I used to be like the super hype player all the time, just screaming at the top of my lungs. And you see like a very like a, you know variation that now. I mean I'm a lot more reserved. But when I was like, you know, year two, year three, man, I was screaming all the time. And we could hear you. Cause now sometimes you'll get loud, yeah. you'll be yelling. I can't hear and I'll be like, what is he saying? <laughs> what is he'll be like from here to where you are right now and just be in the stadium and be like, Yeah guys, let's go, get fired up. And I'm like and I started doing voice exercises, man. Just start you know, nodding so and try to work on actually projecting and being heard because uh, it ain't nothing worse than when you're trying to say something, everybody's like, What? Yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, I I just know it comes from the heart and I know it comes from a good place, so I'll smile and nod. Just give me the yeah, the give you the, yeah. Like, yeah, especially when you break it down and you go something on three and I'm like I have no idea what he said <laughs> one two three and I'm like, Jags Jags there we go Chris what was your first uh, um, I guess when did you first hear about Calais coming up I mean yeah, I said in, in, a, in an event last night he's been around for a long time obviously 12th year in the league mm-hmm. when did you first hear of him and what were your first impressions of him when you my met him? first impression of Calais Campbell actually came playing Calais uh, Calais was on the other team and and watching film on Calais the first thing that I realized is you know I'm lucky because I probably won't have to go up against this guy uh (laughs) if I do my job correctly I won't have to get hit by this guy and then on the field I found out how intense he was if you're on the other team you know and 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 I told him this when I got here I was like yo dude I thought that you legit wanted to kill me because you were walking around on the field. He was talking to himself, you know, you know, which is, you know, the sign of someone who might be a little bit off the rocker. And he was, he was upset. You know, it was a tough game. We played, we played a really close game uh, in Kansas city. It was, it was a rough one. And he was just talking to himself, pacing back and forth across the line. I was like, dude, this guy's crazy. hundred percent crazy. So a completely different guy than, I mean, because the public does not see that from class. But I never, I never like looked at his social media. I never saw the Jags media. The only Calais Campbell I saw was the one who would get in the backfield and hit somebody and who would get in somebody's face and act like he wanted to throw hands. And so I thought that that's who Calais Campbell was, and then I came in the building, and he was like, oh, man, I'm so excited for what we got this year and who we can be as a team. And I was like, man, like, 
I thought you hated he, him. He Who seems like, you? yeah, I was like, is this the same? I mean, it has to be the same guy. There's not that many guys that big walking around in this league. So, I mean, it's the same guy. Maybe he had an intervention, like a come to Jesus meeting, and he just is looking at the game differently. Have you always been that? different on our th- I mean because people who see you at an event we in the media oh yeah I've always been like super nice I mean I might sound a football field too you know uh, no, but I am sound like <laughs> no he's not <laughs> I mean he's, I, I if he's on your team he's nice yeah I mean and like so obviously you know I'm competitive I want to win you know and so like you know when we're in a tough ball game and it's a it's a, it's a battle and it's going back and mm-hmm. forth you know that's when I'm the most locked in and the most you know ready for whatever and I think that becomes, you know, we're just wanting to win, you know, the competitiveness. But when it comes to, like, actual, like, off the field and stuff, I mean, I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. Right. You know, just, you know, enjoy life. Always got a smile on my face. You know, want to spread love in the world. So, you know, when it comes to football, though, uh, it's just the competitiveness comes out. You know, so unless I'm doing something competitive, best guy. I try to be the best guy I can be. I've never asked this before, but did that start, you know, it seems like now, ever since you got here, you've had an appreciation for everything, meaning on the field, off field. And it's been my experience that guys, as they get older in their career, sort of embrace everything. But have you always enjoyed all of the NFL, meaning the opportunity to be in the community, the opportunity to meet with the media, to meet people? Has that always been your MO, or has that come across later? Well, I got uh, I had really good role models. You know, okay. I mean, you know, Larry Fitzgerald is another guy who everybody raves about all the time because he's right. deserving of it, you know, and – uh, you know, being a rookie, I come in to watch and just see, you know, the way he carried himself, the way he interacted with the fans, the way he talked to the media, the way he prepared, you know, outside of actually being on the field. I mean, the way he just was in the locker room. And I was like, okay, that's a good guy to follow. He looks okay. like he's doing the right, you know, and he, some other guys too, you know, it was just like, you know, uh, Kurt Warner's another guy. I got to sit next to him on the plane as a rookie, you know, and really pick his brain. And it's just like, you know, life is so much bigger than football. Like, yeah, football is incredible. I love it. It's like, you know, since I was six years old, I've been in love with football, and I pitch myself every day that I get to do this for a living, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but life has so much more to offer, you know, and so, like, you know, just being on, like, having this platform, being able to, you know, affect the community in a positive way, you know, be able to communicate with kids and try to inspire them, you know, being able to touch people's lives, you know, I mean, this this platform is huge, you know, and especially, like, at a time like this, you know, when, mm-hmm. you know, the season hasn't really gone according to plan, you kind of, you have to remember that, like, you know, yeah, you know, you could be a little frustrated because you had high expectations and you wanted to win. But at the end of the day, you know, like there's so, still so much you can accomplish, you know, off off the field and even on the field, you know, just, I mean, trying to affect my teammates' lives, you know, trying to make, you know, add value to them as people, you know, as, as men more than football. All right, Calais, I know you've uh, got to run a little bit early here. Uh, and you've been hosting Jaguars All Access Television. You've done a great job with that. And um, we appreciate you coming in on, on Chris's show today. Yeah, this uh, is his yeah, show. All, all he hosts this show. Yeah, Thank yeah, you so you much. Said, you you got to do my show. I said, when it's yeah, your course, show, you, know? you can wear a highlighter shirt like this. <laughs> if it's not your show, they say, no, don't wear that. You got to wear a tie. You know? Exactly. That's right. <laughs> uh, Calais, we'll talk to you a little bit later, man. Good job. Uh, thanks uh, for having me. Go. Thanks, uh, we got, we you, got more questions for Chris coming up. Uh, let's take a look, though, at the AFC playoff picture. Well, there's go, there goes Calais. See you later, Calais. Calais. Campbell, everyone. Uh, the <laughs> division leaders, of course, uh, in the hunt there, Patriots, Ravens, Texans, Chiefs, wild card with the Bills and the Steelers, the in the hunt graphic on the right side. Not where you want to be and certainly not near the bottom. And Chris... That's the cards that have been dealt this year, right? Mm-hmm. Five games left. We heard that uh, a lot today from Tom Coughlin, and there's still uh, there's still time for this group 
that's in that locker room to come together and play some good football before the end of the season For and get sure. some stuff done, right? For sure. There is time to play good football. There is time to learn a lot about what we have in this locker room, what these pieces have come together to become as a team. And I don't want to steal Calais' thunder, but when things go bad, you have a tremendous opportunity to learn about yourself and you have a tremendous opportunity to learn about your locker room. It's easy for guys to come together and work together when things go great. It's easy for guys to come together and say all the right things to the media when things are going great. It's a lot harder for you to stand there and do your job and be thankful and grateful for the opportunity that you have to work when things don't go your way. It's a lot harder to come out here and find the motivation to play through injury, to play when you're tired and get everything out of yourself and your teammates when things aren't going the way that you planned. And so right now, that's what we're focusing on is we're focusing on doing the little things. We're focusing on coming in here, studying, going out to practice and taking things seriously to the point where we want to go out there and have competitive and dominant performances on Sunday. That doesn't change. How? Uh... Uh, the offense in recent weeks, I know, has not put points on the board the way you guys wanted to. Mm-hmm. Is there a feeling that it's close? And if so, what's sort of the thing needed to get it over the top? Uh, I think consistency across the board from all position groups. And, and for an offense to run uh, like a well-oiled machine, you have to have all guys clicking on all cylinders, running plays correctly. You can't have a breakdown in protection or you can't have – a breakdown in the track that the running back takes or a breakdown in a route concept where the receiver runs the wrong route uh, at the wrong depth Mm -hmm. or the quarterback misreads a coverage and does a wrong check. You have to have everybody on the same page. And it seems like this last two weeks, we've just had one or two guys off on these plays that are, you know, big time plays that can be monumental for the momentum of a game. And so right now we're focusing on getting to those basics and really upping our communication to the point where we feel like we've had good communication from quarterback to receiver, but we want that kind of communication across the board for everybody to the line from the center to the tight ends out on the edge. We're making those blocks from the center to the running back, from the running backs to the line to the receivers. We want that kind of communication going on across the board so that we're all on the same page and we can make these plays in pressure situations, extend drives, and get points. And you had some of that momentum, it felt like, early in the game last week, but a holding call here would stall a drive. or mm. Just one little thing happens like that, to your point. One, one little detail that's not right or goes the wrong way for you and that can stall everything early exactly some of those things that you can control some of those things you control by replacing your hands getting them inside some of them some of them you can't some of them those are football plays and depending on the crew the crew uh could be a crew that likes to call offensive holding on some plays that are really in a gray area and we had we had one of those uh so you can't really do anything about that but when that does happen you have to be able to come together and dig yourself out of those holes because those are going to happen. Those are going to happen. But really, we don't want to put ourselves behind the sticks. We don't want to make it third and long when it could have been third and manageable. Uh, it really changes the way that you have to attack your game plan when you're in third and 11 plus, And that's just not where we want to be. That was a remarkably subtle way of saying that was a bad call. Uh, yes, I mean, yes. I, I admire that. I can't say I some like things are bad Smith. calls, but I mean, <laughs> you bad. run that play three years ago. That doesn't get called. I might get fined. No, I'm probably going to get uh, fined now. No, no, no. But no, please, that's no, just that no. the game changes, and right. each of these crews have tendencies, yeah. and they call the game the way that they want to call the game. And, and sometimes there's a situation where somebody 
sometimes you block somebody too good. Mm. Sometimes you block somebody too good, and the league is getting to a point now where they don't want you to necessarily dominate somebody with a block, and it's hard. It's hard. Sometimes you got to lay off a little bit. We've uh, The last uh, couple of weeks, we've heard from Nick Foles after these games, and we're, we're starting – if we didn't realize – before who Nick Foles is, we're starting to realize now that he is a super consistent uh, with his message and the way he goes about his business. No matter the results, no matter how it goes, he's going to be Nick Foles, and that's who he has always been, right, Chris? Always. That's, that's no matter the criticism that comes been, with it. He's been the same guy, um, and he's only grown uh, since that. And he's grown to a point where that's the reason that guys can, in this locker room and in that huddle, get behind him and say, hey, we're going to go out here and we're going to make it happen regardless of what the score is because people believe in that and they see that authenticity and they'll follow it. Um, but that, that message is one that regardless of what happens, you know, he comes out here and cranks off you know, five straight wins. That message is going to be exactly the same. It's going to stay even. You're not going to see a guy who's elated or excited. It's going to be that consistent message of coming in here to work, loving his brothers, and trusting people uh, because that's the culture that he comes from and that's the culture that he wants to emanate and to build around him. And if you have that kind of culture, it doesn't matter what the score is in a game, you can come back and you can make things happen or you can go up big and you know, put things together. But it all starts, it all starts from having people who believe in each other, who trust each, each other, you know, on all the days of the week leading up to Sunday. Favorite Thanksgiving food? Go. Favorite Thanksgiving food? I'm a mac and cheese guy. See, uh, some would consider that not a traditional Thanksgiving I'm sorry. Food. I'm African-American. It's a Thanksgiving <laughs> food. Okay. Um, and I realized that some people make it different. You know, I, I was watching a video last year. There was actually a meme, and it was just saying, like, the cultural differences in – Thanksgiving foods and it was like I guess Rachel Ray's show and she was making mac and cheese and she was like cutting up vegetables and like putting vegetables in the mac and cheese and like everybody's like oh this looks so good this looks awesome and the one African American lady in there is just silent the whole time just like okay I, I've never seen this before <laughs> doesn't say a word uh, but yeah, I haven't you know, seen it before I think, you, Chris. I haven't either. I, you know, <laughs> hey, you, you know, if you want to put nuts and vegetables in your mac and cheese, yeah. go ahead. You I won't be seeing that. that in my house. Mm-hmm. But you know, mac and cheese is—it's a dish that I believe is is integral to to holidays. It might and, be more of a southern thing. I'm not sure people yeah, in the south. That's right. Put stuff in their macaroni and cheese. I've never seen it. I've never yeah, heard no, of that. We and just if, need cheese and mac. That's yeah, all we that's need. All if you do, it ain't touching my plate. That Let's lobster mac and cheese is good, too. Lobster. Now that I'm on the coast, you know, hey, you know, I don't know if I'll be making that myself, but I do enjoy a good lobster mac and like cheese. Um, hey, uh, have a great holiday. Uh, have a good day off. And we'll see you back here on Friday. Well done, as Thank always. Thank you. Chris, Thanks, Chris. Chris Conley, Jaguars wide receiver, joins us every Wednesday. Uh, have a great holiday. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We'll catch you next time. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by the Fields Auto Group on the Jaguars Digital Network. Ooh-wee.